Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. For the Father, that we enter into a place of divine health. And uh, we've been using Israel's deliverance from Egypt's bondage as a type and, and as example as to God's intention in our deliverance from Satan and his bondage. And we found out that God's purpose is that we enter into the fullness of our inheritance. Now, there's, there's a difference between receiving the fullness of your inheritance and walking in the light of it. You know, the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that was given to us. Well, there's one thing to have the love of God in you, and it's another thing to walk in the love of God. Amen? And you see, we can grow up. We can grow up. And so let's read some of these scriptures over again. And what we're going to do is just more or less put them all together now. We said we're laying a foundation, and I believe this is a solid foundation. And we need to understand a lot of these things, and we're going to go over them one more time. And we're going to continue our study. In the third chapter, begin reading with verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, today, aren't you glad that the Bible is for today? Aren't you glad that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever? Well, the Holy Ghost is saying, today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart. Underline that. They do always err in their heart. And, number two, they have not known my ways. They always erred in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Well, look at Hebrews 4.1. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. And verse 11, let us labor or use speed, use seed. That's what the word labor means. Therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after this, fall after fall after fall after the same example of unbelief. Notice the word fall. Fall, to fall. That word unbelief can be translated disobedience. Fall, fall. That reminds me of the fall when Adam fell in the beginning. Let me give you uh, some nuggets of truth here. Notice it was God's intention with Adam from the foundation of the world that Adam enter into his rest. Adam is a figure representative of the entire human race. It was the will and intention of the Father that Adam, being this figure representative for the entire human race, enter into his rest. Look at verse 3. It, it, it shares that with us. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So from the foundation of the world, God was endeavoring... To lead man to a place of rest. But Adam could not enter in because of uh, disobedience, unbelief, disobedience, whichever you want to call it, unpersuadableness. And we call that the fall. And that verse 11 said, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. 
Now, he couldn't fulfill his perfect will with Adam, who was the rep figure representative for the entire human race. So he endeavored to uh, fulfill his will in a nation called Israel. And the nation of Israel couldn't get the whole world, but at least a nation. He couldn't get the whole human race with Adam. So he figured, if I can get a nation, at least they enter into my rest. Of course, it was called Canaan land, Canaan's land then, but we see here that he still calls it his rest, his place of rest. He was trying to get somebody to enter into his rest. He couldn't even do it with a nation. The nation wouldn't enter into his rest. Boy, you know, the, the Bible teaches us that God wants us to enter into his rest. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But it doesn't seem like the world wants to enter into that rest. It doesn't seem like his people want to enter into that rest. But thirdly, and this is most important of all, he couldn't do it with all the human race. He couldn't do it with a nation. Now, the church, which is his body, this is a warning to the church. It's a warning to the church. Let us therefore fear, lest we fall after the same example of unbelief and don't enter into the, his rest. Now, I don't want to fall. Now, he brought it from a, the whole human race to a nation. But in Christ, it's now an individual thing. You can't stop me from entering into his rest. But you saw how the nation, because they, they were all rebellious, stopped Joshua and Caleb for 45 years from entering into his rest. But praise God, the obedient ones, they got in. Well, the church, you see, now, as far as church groups go, I mean, if the church is a whole, if this church wanted the whole one to split down the middle, I mean, you can stop the whole church from entering into his rest. I believe he has a rest for the whole body that's right here. I believe we can enter into a place in God that we're just resting in his presence and his glory. And we have meetings like they've never seen before on the earth. But that's going to take cooperation from every one of us. But I'll tell you what, you won't stop me from entering into his rest. And I won't stop you from entering into his rest. But let us therefore fear individually, lest you and I also fail or fall by the same example of unbelief. Okay. Now, what I want to do now is break down all the events that took place this evening and, you know, reemphasize what I've already said. Someone says, well, if you're going to go do, do that again, you know, we've heard that la the last two weeks. Well, faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, you can have the attitude that I've heard that before and get nothing out of what I'm going to say. Or you can have the attitude that faith cometh by hearing and get a whole lot of what, I, what I've got to say to you tonight. Amen? If you ate spaghetti last week, I'm sure you'd like to eat it again this week. Amen? You're going to get the same thing. Isn't it something that as we grow up, you know, you stop and think about, what, what would I like to eat today? Well, you know, praise God, we've eaten all this. I've eaten all that before. You can only go so far, you're going to have to start repeating what you've eaten. Amen? I don't know how far you can go and then, you know, to find out unless you've got some new, you know, kind of food. I don't know if you made something new. But, I mean, sooner or later, you're going to be eating the same thing over and over and over again. But aren't you glad that, that we can get more out of God's Word even though we go over and over and over and over and over again? We get more and more and more. And praise God, every time, every time I've taught it for the last three weeks, bless God, I'm getting more out of it. And 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 it's benefiting me. I, I know that spiritually. Okay. Now, I'm just going to break these down for you. You can take notes if you want to. We'll maybe refer to a few scriptures. But you, you saw that in the beginning, type one, we're using types and shadows. Type one was called the Passover. The Passover, as you know as well as I do, was their actual deliverance out of the Egyptian bondage. Now, it represented a couple things. When the blood and the flesh were applied, as God said that it should be applied... They were, number one, delivered from death of the firstborn. Death of the firstborn. And number two, they were healed instantly. Now, I don't know about you, but this is my firm belief. If we would present the gospel in a clear-cut way where people can receive the same instruction, I believe that it's God's intention and will that every sick person that hears the gospel and applies the blood and the flesh should be instantly healed. Should be instantly healed. I believe that. And praise God, I'm just going to keep on preaching the same twofold cure. You know, deliverance from spiritual bondage and deliverance from physical bondage. Amen? Okay. That's what happened. When they properly applied the flesh and the blood, they were, they were delivered, number one, from the death of the firstborn, and number two, from any sickness or disease that was in their bodies. And that includes everything. 
Number three, and this is very important, there was a deliverance from the Egyptian bondage. They were delivered from death, sickness and disease, and bondage. Notice the twofold deliverance. Notice the twofold deliverance. They were delivered from death of the firstborn and uh, the sickness and disease, you know that. But that other deliverance came from the bondage that Egypt represented. In other words, everything that Egypt represented, they were delivered from. And you know as well as I do that it's a type of the world. And the world has their own ways of doing things. They have their own ways of being prosperous. They have their own ways of being healed. But glory be to God, we can get delivered from the world's ways and we can come to Jesus and use God's ways. Amen? And it's far greater than the world's ways. Okay. Now, um, the New Testament type, counterpart, or, or let's say the reality of that what took place there is found in John 6. Let's very quickly look at the Scripture. This is the counterpart. That's the Old Testament type, but Jesus has come and He says, I am the, the way, the truth, or the reality, and the life. And Jesus brings all these types and shadows into reality. Praise God that we live not in a, in a days that we've got to look to a future promise, but we live in a day when truth has already come and the reality has already been established in the earth. Back then it was only a type of, but right now we have got the true Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen? Okay, now in, in John 6, 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Verse 53, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This is the, the reality of what took place back there in Egypt. They ate the flesh and they applied the blood of a sacrificial lamb in those days, and when they properly did what God said to do, their deliverance was forthcoming. They were delivered from spiritual death, or death of the firstborn. They were healed in their bodies, and they were delivered from the Egyptian bondage. Now, here we see also a threefold meaning. Not only when a person applies the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is he delivered from spiritual death. Death of the firstborn. Death of the firstborn. The firstborn in the death was Adam. Adam was the firstborn in the death. But bless God, you and I got delivered from the death of the firstborn. We got delivered from spiritual death. And we have received eternal life. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, If he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall have everlasting life. Number one, if this is a type and a shadow, if this is the reality of that type and shadow, then it is my conviction, beloved, that everybody that believes that when they receive Christ into their hearts and apply the blood and their flesh according to the Word of God, they should be also automatically healed in their bodies. And number three, uh, you are delivered from the world system. I'm going to give you three scriptures for this. Now, John's Gospel tells us in John 5, look, you're close by, so go back, John 5:24. When someone is born again, he applies the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus. He is delivered from spiritual death. Number two, he is healed in his body. And number three, he is delivered from the world system and its leader, Satan. And remember, this world system is on the course of nature. It's set on fire of hell. And we are delivered from that course. Okay. John 5.24 gives us our first scripture. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed out of death, out of death. See, they were delivered from the death of the firstborn. He, because they applied the flesh and the blood of a sacrificial lamb. But you and I have applied the flesh and the blood of the living lamb of God. And because of it, we have passed out of death into life. Okay? Your second scripture is 1 Peter 2 and 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, and with his stripes you were, you were healed. Were is past tense. You were. When you partook of that flesh and blood, you were healed. You were delivered from that death, and you were healed. These are types and shadows. They have got to, you know, line up. If they received that back then, then we've got to receive the same thing with the real, you know, sacrifice. With the real Lamb of God. Not just a substitute. Not just a type of. Not just a shadow of. But we have got the real Lamb of God. Amen? So how can that Lamb be more powerful than the Lamb of God that liveth forever? Amen? It can't be. And if three million of them 
because they heard the instruction of Moses, their leader, to take the flesh and blood and apply it. If three million of them can, you know, come off their sick beds and death beds and be delivered from that bondage of death and just, just, you know, just, you know, be delivered from the Egyptian bondage, just be healthy and whole, not one people among their tribe. How much more? How much more should we that have applied the flesh and the blood of the living Lamb of God be free? Amen? Amen. Think about it. It's true. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word, the flesh, see? The Word that's in our testimony. And number three, deliverance from the world system is found in Colossians 1, 13. Giving thanks unto the Father, 12 and 13, who hath delivered us from the powers of darkness. Delivered us from the powers of darkness. Delivered us from the powers of darkness. And translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So we are delivered from the world system. We are delivered from Satan, all his cohorts, and just the way this world is running. Now, these are types and these are shadows. Now, your second type that I want to bring out, as we already talked about, is the wilderness experience. You know, when people don't rightly divide the word of truth, that you can get into all kind of air, all kind of winds of doctrines, all kinds of, of, of traditional ideas about, like, this wilderness experience. People are just off there wandering in the wilderness. They're wondering where they're going. They're wondering what they're going to do. They're wondering what God's going to do. They don't think God knows what He's going to do. They don't know where they're at. They don't know where they're going. They don't know how to get there. But bless God, they're just shouting and hooping and hollering. I told you, Miriam didn't make it into the promised land just because she shouted and hooped and hollered. Amen? You've got to have a more than a song in your heart. You've got to have a song with God's Word in it. Amen? Praise God. Okay, so the wilderness experience is a type of what? Well, I'll give it to you in a minute. But let's go back to what that wilderness experience represented. Now, although they were delivered, they had no revelation of God. Can you imagine living on the earth without a revelation of God? Oh, I, I want to think of it. Praise God for the generation that we live in. No revelation of God. None whatsoever. They, was a delivered, they were a delivered people. I mean, they're delivered. You know, just on fire, just running and just dancing. God delivered them. And, and anybody would be excited. But that's just like any newborn Christian. They're just born again. I mean, glory to God. They are shouting and they don't, you know, they don't, it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. But they have no revelation of the Father. They don't have a revelation of the Father. And so we see a type here in this wilderness experience that uh, although they were delivered... They needed a revelation of God, number one. Also, although they were delivered, they had enemies that were pursuing them. They had enemies that were pursuing them to destroy them. So although they were delivered, they had the devil, the world, and the flesh to contend with. See, it's not as easy as, as they thought it was going to be. I mean, they actually got delivered. And I praise God for their deliverance. I know that they praise God for their deliverance. But the Father knew there had to that they had to grow into a place where they could come into a land where He can fully provide their every need. But it meant a trust in Him as their source. So, He gave to them a place called Canaan's land. Okay? Did you ever often wonder why Canaan's land wasn't right on the other side of the sea? Think about it. Why wasn't Canaan's land right off on the other side? I mean, when they just passed through the Red Sea and all the Egyptians were destroyed inside the Red Sea, why couldn't that be Canaan's land right there? Hallelujah. I mean, they were just praising God and worshiping God. Miriam would have just sang her song of joy and worshiped and praised the name of the Lord. And there'd never be any more problems and everything would just be peaches and cream and all they'd have to do is just walk in the heavenly places and just do it and just, just worship God for the rest of their days on the earth. Well, this is a type. It's a type that you need to be familiar with and not what tradition says, not what religion says, but you need to know what it truly represents in this day and generation because that's what Paul was referring to there in the book of Hebrews. Don't be overthrown in the wilderness. In Corinthians even said this. Don't be overthrown in the wilderness like some of them were. Most of them were, if you ask me. So he prepared for them a place called Canaan's land. Now, in this wilderness, they were to get to the place called Canaan's land. But it was an actual land they had to get into. They had to go through other lands to get to Canaan's land. It was a, a clear-cut march. Just get across that Red Sea and keep on going and doing what I say for you to do. You do what I say to do. You listen to what I'm saying to you. You follow my instructions. You follow my directions. I'm going to give you the, the right way to get there and the right way to go. But I'm going to lead you to a place of Canaan's land, a place called a land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey, where I will be a God to you. 
You shall serve me. I'll take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. It'll be a land flowing with milk and honey. I'll bless your bread. I'll bless your water. There'll not be one, you know, one woman to lose a child. All your cattle, so on and so forth, will not lose any of their offspring. And bless God, it'll just be a place that I can bring you to a place of full maturity and you'll die in a ripe old age glorifying me without sickness or disease in your body. That was his intention and that was his will in Canaan's land. Okay. Now, their instruction was given to them. And I think one more time, let's go to that scripture just to look at, uh, over it again. Let's chew on this little bit of instruction, you know, and uh, relate it to our times. I'll give you the reality of it here after I give you this instruction. Deuteronomy 26, 1. Here in this land they were to enjoy the fullness of their inheritance. Beloved, don't you get settled down in the wilderness and think that you've entered in. Don't you get yourself settled down in the middle of that land, you know, the wilderness where the devil, the world, and the flesh are playing havoc with you. Don't you fall by the wayside because of this false teaching and false doctrine that says, well, you've got to take the good and the bad and you've got to just, you know, suffer it through. God will give you the strength to bear up under all the afflictions and the persecutions and all the sicknesses and the diseases that are going to come your way. After all, you're only human living in the world. Fool we on that. Amen. Praise God. Let's just find out what that wilderness experience was all about. And let's pass on through it to Canaan's land. Let's inherit, you know, our land and possess the land and dwell in the land. Praise God. And let God do what He wants to do to us. Amen. In that land. Okay. Instruction. It shall be when thou art come unto the land. Number one, come unto the land. Come unto the land. They were to come unto the land. The land was over there. They were over here. But they had to come to the land. They had to get over to the land. Okay. Then he said, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possess it. Possess the land. It is their responsibility to possess the land. Isn't that something? God gave you something, but you've got to possess it. God has given, but you must possess. But before you can possess, you've got to come to it. You've got to come to the land that I've given you. You've got to possess the land that I've given you. And you've got to dwell in the land that I have given you. And these are all spiritual truths to us in this day and generation. Okay, the last part was that you dwell therein or dwell in the land. Now, if you haven't read the scripture before, but I want to bring it out right now. I don't think I did in the past, but let's go to Isaiah 119. 119. It's concerning the land. This is God's will. Anybody that can't see this is spiritually illiterate. I mean to tell you, you've got no right preaching the gospel if you, if you preach anything less than the fact that God wants His people to enter into the fullness of their inheritance while they live on the earth. Amen? And enjoy the benefits of Jesus Christ. To enjoy the benefits of who forgiveth all thine iniquities. To enjoy the benefits of who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfy thy mouth with good things that thy youth may be renewed like the eagles. These are the benefits of the Most High God. Okay, verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good. It is the will of the Father to eat the good of the land. What was the fruit of the land? What was the good of the land? I'll remind you in case you've forgotten. In Exodus the 23rd chapter, verses 20 to 25, he said, I'll send an angel before your face. Provoke him not, for my name is in him. He shall go before thee and drive out the, the, the inhabitants of the land. Aren't you glad that, that the angel of the Lord is driving out the inhabitants of this land around us? The Hittites, the Jebusites, the demons, the imps, the sicknesses, the diseases, the cancers, the tuberculosis, driving them out of our way so that we can come into this land and worship the Father in spirit and in truth and we can eat the good of the land, which means a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where He has blessed our finances, blessed our bread, blessed our food, blessed our water. He has taken sickness and disease away from the midst of us, bless God. And there's no barren in the land, fail nor, you know, male or female. And bless God, we're just going to live to be a ripe old age, glorifying God and going to sleep with our fathers, praise God, in, in a ripe old age. Amen. That's what the good of the land is. Did you forget that? I thought I'd remind you. Amen. That is the good of the land. So someone has to be spiritually illiterate. If God says, I want you to eat the good of the land, but you can't eat the good of the land, you know, something's wrong with God. Amen. But there's nothing wrong with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to eat the good of the land. But we must be willing and obedient. And that's what the good of the land was. That's what Canaan's land represented. And bless God, that's what the rest of God represents in this generation to you and to me. But we are to enter into this land according to His instruction and direction. Now, the fulfillment or the reality of this in the New Testament type is found in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Fourth chapter. 
Well, I should have given you, you, you turned from it already, but let's go back. Go find Ephesians 4, but go back to Isaiah 119 again. Look at verse 18. Let's tie the whole thing in. I want to show you that there is a clear-cut separation between being delivered and born again into the family of God and entering into the promised land, entering into the fullness of, of his, your inheritance. Okay, look at verse 18. Come now and let us reason together. This is Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Okay, that's your deliverance. That's your salvation. That's being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb in the new birth. But now the next verse is, if you be willing and obedient. Willing and obedient. Then you eat the good of the Lamb. In other words, you've been delivered not to stay in the wilderness. You've been delivered to enter into the blessings. To enter into the fullness of your inheritance. To enter into the promised land. Here it is in Ephesians 4. Now, this is a New Testament reality here in Ephesians 4. And you've got to realize it. You've got to see it. The wilderness experience is a growth experience. The wilderness experience is a time of revelation. It is a time of growth. It's a time of God revealing Himself to you. What His will is in your particular life. What His will is in redemption. So that you can enter into the fullness of that inheritance. In other words, we've got to understand all that Jesus has done for us in order to possess it all. It is all ours legally. But redemption is more than just a legal redemption. It is legal and it is vital. And just because I am legally healed does not mean that it's vitally a part of my life. And when you start talking about the subject of divine healing and health, you've got to know everything and every facet of it. You've got to know all that Jesus has done for you upon Calvary. All that His finished work has accomplished for us. And it also has to become a reality in our spirit so it can become a reality in our outer man. Here in Ephesians 4, now let's look at verse 11. Now remember, here, this is a type. This wilderness experience is a type. A person is getting saved and now he's going into the wilderness. You got delivered. You got saved. Now you need a revelation from God. It is called the growth period. In 1 Peter 2.2, we are told as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby. The wilderness is not for God to come down and put, you know, tribulation and trials and all these things upon us. This is a type of growing, a time of growing. In other words, until we get to that understanding and that place in God that we can fully walk in the light of our of our inheritance, we're going to be subject to the things that are out there around us unless we hurry, hurriedly, like the Scripture said, let us hurry. Let us use speed to enter into His rest. Now, these things are going to come at us to try to destroy us, but if we handle them in a proper way with the Word of God instead of destroying us, they'll cause us to grow. Now, look at what it says here. And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? For the perfecting of the saints... For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come. Until we all what? Come. 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 Come to the land. Until we all come. Unto the unity of faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That you henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro in the wilderness. By every wind of doctrine and slight of men. And cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. That's the time of revelation. When you begin to learn all that Jesus has done for you. When you, become, when you come to the unity of the faith and under the knowledge of the Son of God. Yes, I have him as my Savior, but there's more to have than just your Savior from death. Savior from the first death or second death. Adam's, you know, fall, spiritual death. There's more than just being delivered from death. Praise God, there's healing for the body. Praise God, there's Canaan's land. There is the rest of God. When we grow up in Him in all things and bless God, we can enjoy the fullness of our inheritance. Now, that's what this wilderness experience is a type of. But you see, they mishandled it. They, they were totally wrong. Now, although we are free, let's use the same types. Let's go back and, and, and explain it now. Although they were free from that death, from disease and from Egyptian bondage, we found out that very shortly they got back into bondage. They started to get sick and die. And they didn't enter into the promised land. 
We are warned. Although we've been delivered, although we are set free, although we're cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, we've got enemies arrayed against us. You've got the world, you've got the devil, you've got the flesh. All these instigators of the senses are trying to destroy us in the wilderness by, you know, as the Scripture said right over here, I, I like to use that phrase. Let's look at that. 14. That we henceforth be no more children like they were the children in the, uh, in the wilderness, tossed to and fro by the, uh, and carried by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. It's like they're lying in wait behind the bushes in that wilderness, and everywhere they went, they're lying back to wait to deceive these people, to stop these people from entering in. It reminds me of when the, when the Israelites came to Kadesh Barnea, and they began to spy out the land. And behind the bushes were all these maniacs, these giants, you know, of Anak. They were all over there, and, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, they were all over there. And they got to the land, and they were deceived in the land. They got instigators. The world, the devil, and the flesh trying to dominate your thinking, trying, trying to dominate your belief, your believing. If they, if they can dominate your thinking, they'll dominate your believing, and then they'll dominate your speaking. And if they dominate your speaking, friend, look out. He shall have whatsoever he saith. We're going to die in the wilderness. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Our children will die in the wilderness. You're going to have whatsoever you saith. And that's what they got, isn't it? Okay. Now you see why they wouldn't, couldn't enter into the promised land. Because they had whatsoever they said. Okay. Now, here we see number two. Their promise of entering in. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews first. This is what, what Hebrews is talking about. He's talking about entering into the promise. He's talking about coming to the land and possessing the land. We've got to come to the knowledge of, come to the unity of the faith. Come unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Come unto a perfect man. Okay? Growth experience. Now, Hebrews 4, 1 again. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest... Any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse 11, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall, fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, that's telling me that although we've been delivered from, the, from spiritual death, and although we've been translated to the kingdom of God, there still is a place of entering into the rest of God. Entering into his rest. And they didn't enter in. Let's read it right now why they didn't enter in. Verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said. Now, wait a minute. He said that to all the Israelites. But only Joshua and Caleb entered into his rest. May I assume by that scripture then that only Joshua and Caleb believed? What does it say here? Read it again, that first three. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Who entered into rest? Joshua and Caleb. Evidently they believed, didn't they? The others didn't enter into his rest. Why? Well, God wanted me to stay out in this wilderness just to teach me a lesson. Well, you didn't learn it. God wanted me to sick just to teach me how, you know, to be humble. Well, you didn't learn it. In the first place, God doesn't make you humble. The Bible says humble yourselves before God. God's not the one that's making you humble. He didn't do that to humble you. He is not going to do anything about humbling you because He told you to humble yourself before my almighty hand. And I'll lift you up. Amen? So that wilderness experience is not what people think. This is a time of growing. And the, more you, the quicker you learn about the things of God, the quicker you come to the unity of the faith. You know, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, you won't be walking around in the wilderness, carried about every one of doctrine, and cunning craftiness by the slight of men, whereby they're lying in wait to deceive you. But you will enter into the promised land, and we which do believe have entered into that rest. Okay? Look at Ephesians 1, and we'll show you that it's an inheritance. He's talking about an inheritance that's already yours. Again, I want to clarify what I'm saying. They were delivered, yes, and they had an inheritance, yes. They had Canaan's land for an inheritance. Am I right? Although I have given you the land, he said, you will not enter in. Now, wait a minute. Sounds like to me that there's two thoughts there. I'd given it, but they didn't enter into it. Although they had it and it was theirs, they didn't enjoy the fullness of it or the benefits of it. Right? Although you've been delivered and you have an inheritance in the saints of life, you have a, a, you know, this, a fullness of God's inheritance... Although you have it, although it's been given to you, you can live in this life and never enjoy it. And that's not what God's will is. You've got to enter into it. You've got to possess it. 
You've got to come to the full knowledge of it. You've got to possess it. And then you've got to dwell in it. Okay? And these are steps that we are to follow. Now look at verse 11. And whom also we have obtained what? Well, didn't they, didn't they obtain an inheritance? And whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Now look, beloved. They obtained an inheritance but didn't enjoy it. They came short of it. You have obtained an inheritance. Are you enjoying it? You better enjoy the fullness of it. If not, bless God, you better get on the right track. Get out of the wilderness and get into the fullness of God, okay? Being predestinated according to the purpose of, purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, there's another scripture that shows us. Let's go back to Colossians 1.12 since you're close by. Go over to Colossians 1.12. I, I like to run through these, but I want to show them to you in the Bible. To show you that you have an inheritance, you've been made a partaker of this inheritance, but you've got to enjoy it. You've got to come to it. You've got to possess it. You've come to it only in the fact that you illegally come to it. But we've got to come to the full knowledge of it, and we've got to possess it, and then we've got to dwell in it and walk in the light of it. Okay, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, He's made us, me, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, because He delivered us from the powers of darkness. Let me go back and show you how the type works. Okay, giving thanks unto Jehovah who made the Israelites to be partakers of the inheritance of Canaan's land, who were delivered from the Egyptian bondage and translated. See, they didn't get translated. Praise God, we did. <laughs> translated over the Red Sea. Praise God. Okay, but do you see what I'm saying here? Although it was theirs, although it was given, they were not enjoying it. Lack of teaching, improper teaching, lack of instruction, not following his instruction, getting turned about every wind of doctrine. And they got into some doctrines in the wilderness. Boy, I'll tell you. Worshipping, you know, idols and etc. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you our instruction. Here we got these two things out of the way. Now, let's go to the type of the instruction. We said that this is part of this type, you know, the wilderness experience. Let's go to Matthew 11. I'm going to show you the instruction. When, when the Father showed me this, the Spirit of God unveiled this to me, it blessed my heart. Because I've quoted this scripture, you quoted this scripture, but I've never seen it in this light. I have never seen this scripture given in this light. Verse 28. 2.30. Now, as we are keeping these things in types and shadows and, and unveiling the reality of them, let's show you here. They were to come to the land. They were to possess the land. They were to dwell in the land. Although the land was already given, they still had to come to it, possess it, and dwell in it. Okay? Although you've been born again, let's, let's see these things. Come unto me. Come unto me. Verse 28. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you what? Let us therefore fear, lest we don't enter at rest. Okay? Now, here's what he gives you instruction. Take my yoke upon you. Number one, that is your deliverance when you got yoked up to Jesus. So come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, number one. Take my yoke upon you. Come to Jesus. That's coming to the land. Number two, learn, or he goes on saying, learn of me. Learn of me. Learn of me. Come to Jesus. Learn of me. That's that revelation we talked about that they had to have a God. Grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Learn of me. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Knowledge. Learn of me. That's how you possess the land, friends. Learn of me. Come to me. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find... Rest in me. Come to me. Learn of me. Rest in me. There's a lot that have come to Jesus, but they are in the wilderness being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. They are not learning of the true Jesus that died and was raised from the dead for their justification. They're not learning. They're not coming to the knowledge of the truth. They're not coming to the reality of everything that Jesus represents. They have not learned. So consequently, they cannot enter into His rest. Come to me. Learn of me. Then rest in me. I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, the rest is where you dwell. In other words, come, possess, and dwell in the land. But He says, use speed to do it. That's what he was referring to. This is the instruction to us. This is our instruction. We are to come to Jesus, but we are to learn all that Jesus stands for. This is life eternal. We are to have grace and peace multiplied 
in this Canaan's land, in this land of promise, in this inherit, in this land of inheritance, through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Learn of me. And when you learn truly of Jesus, then you will dwell in the land. If people are not dwelling in the fullness, then they're not learning of Jesus. And they're not learning of the Father. Okay? Type number three, the results. Go back to Hebrews 3. The results. Type number three, the results. And let's show you the meaning. In reality, in the New Testament, we'll, we'll give you the counterpart first. I'm going to read. And while you're finding this, also find, locate 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. We got your fingers working tonight. And not through the yellow pages. Praise God, but through the Word of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Through the Word of the living God. Hebrews 3 again. Okay. Wherefore, now you can see why the warning has come. The Surgeon General of Heaven has given us a warning and says, Harden. No, he says, Today, today. This is the Holy Ghost speaking. The Holy Ghost say it. Today, if you will. See, today, if you will, hear His voice. Keep that thought in mind. Hear His voice. If you will, hear His voice. Harden not your hearts, as in a provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Learn of me, not known my ways. Come to me, if you will. Harden not your hearts. Learn of me. So I swear my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Enter into my rest. Rest in me. Come unto me. Learn of me. And rest in me. Take heed, brethren. And when Jesus said, Take heed how you hear and what you hear, here's another thing. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Okay. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 10 and we'll show you again before we go back and explain how they were overthrown. Let's read the type. This is, this is a type and shadow. Moreover, brethren, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. Well, if the Word said don't be ignorant of it, then we better not be ignorant of it. Amen? How that all... Every time I say all, underline it. Only here in these two scriptures. All, all our fathers were under the cloud. Notice how the Spirit of God is emphasizing the word all. And all passed through the sea... And we're all, doesn't say just we're baptized, but all, we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat, eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. Notice the all. 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 All you Christians. All of us Christians. All of us. Yes, not for all though, brother. All came out. From satanic bondage. Well, go on, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's read on. <laughs> okay, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not. Underline this scripture. Someone says, you people are faith fanatics. Look what that says. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. How do you please God? But without faith, it is impossible to please God. I don't want to get overthrown in the wilderness. I beg your pardon. I want to be a faith fanatic. Glory be to God. Amen. Okay. Now, notice all these things. All, all, all passed. All were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized. There's three baptisms there. Actually, you can, you can see that. Look at that verse 2. Baptized in the Moses and the cloud and the sea. Baptized in the Moses, the cloud and the sea. Okay? Three baptisms there. They all ate the same meat. They all drank the same drink. All. They all did. In other words, every one of them were equal when they came out of Egypt. Every single one of them were equal. Everything they had was equal. Their inheritance was the same. Nobody was better than anybody else. They all had the same benefits and rights and privileges. They all went the same, through the same experience. But, with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown. Circle the word overthrown. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Does not say God put, put them under so they couldn't make it to Canaan's land. I promised them Canaan's land where I would protect them from sickness and disease, but ha ha, I was only fooling and I got them down there in an arm lock and a headlock and, you know, I made sure they wouldn't get in. Praise God. You know, that's, that's what people think about God today. That's sad. Isn't that sad? I don't know about you, but it's sad. Well, God's just keeping me humble out here in the wilderness. Oh, praise God. Get into the promised land, please. God doesn't want you out in the wilderness. 
He wants you to grow up as fast as you can. Use speed to get into His rest. Okay? They were overthrown. You mean God has a new name, the overthrower? God is overthrowing His people in the wilderness? No! They were overthrown in the wilderness, but not by God, but by themselves. Let's go back to Numbers. Hold your place there because we're coming back. Back to Numbers. I told you you've got to do your, let your fingers do a lot of walking tonight. Numbers. Chapter 14. Okay, this is what happened. This, these are the results. This is the type, the results of what took place, okay? Now remember, they all passed under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all baptized under Moses and under the cloud and under the sea. They all ate the same spiritual meat. They all drank the same spiritual drink. But God was not pleased with them. They were overthrown. Look at verse 22. Okay, because all those men, all, 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 because all those men which have seen my glory, you mark that down as number one, and number two, my miracles, which I did in Egypt. Well, when you first got saved out of Egypt, well, you saw a lot of miracles and the glory of God, and you was just all excited and didn't grow up. Okay? Which I did in Egypt in the, in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened unto my voice. What did the Spirit of God say in this day? Harden not your hearts. Hear His voice. Hearken unto His voice. Okay, let's see it again. Surely they shall not see the land. Notice what they saw. They saw the miracles. They saw the glory. And they were satisfied with the miracles and with the glory. But they did not get into the land. They did not see the land. Isn't that a shame? They didn't see the land. They did not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Okay. They saw my glory. They saw my miracles. But they tempted me and did not hearken to my voice. Those are the four things. We, we've, we've got to we'll produce types. These types. They didn't see my glory. They, they saw my glory. They saw the miracles. But they tempted me in the wilderness. And they didn't listen to my voice. Now go back to 1 Corinthians. Let's bring out the type. Again, these are types and shadows which we need to be familiar with, not ignorant of. Whereby we can enter into the promised land if we understand this and avoid what the mistakes they made. Okay? Now let's look here. We already read Hebrews 4.1 that says, Let us therefore fear lest the promise of us entering into the promised land and if you should seem to come short of it. We already read Hebrews 4.11 that says, Let us use speed to enter into that rest. Lest any of us fall after the same example of unbelief. Moses, I mean, Adam fell. The Israelites failed. Jesus didn't fail. He made it. But you and I, we don't have to fall and we don't have to fail if we'll just follow the instruction. Okay, let's read this again now. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all the saints were under conviction of the Spirit of God and all passed through the sea of spiritual death. What was the first thing I said? We pass out of death into what? First of all, you were under that cloud of conviction. The Spirit of God came upon you and convicted you of sin. And you passed through the sea of death. Notice it's passed through the sea. Passed through the sea. Okay? Through that sea. We that, we that have believed have passed out of death into life. Okay? That's the sea of spiritual death. Okay, look at the next verse. And we're all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. There's three baptisms there. Moses, cloud, sea. Baptism into the body of Christ. Moses is a type of Christ. Baptism in the Spirit. The cloud, type of the Spirit. Baptized in the sea is a type of water. Baptized in water. I was baptized in the, in, in, in the body of Christ. I was baptized in, into the Holy Ghost. And I was baptized in water. Weren't you? In the first three baptisms. They, we were all baptized. We were all baptized. We all came out and we were all baptized. Did all eat the same spiritual meat? That same spiritual meat. We all ate His flesh. Did we not? Isn't that what we commemorate when we take, partake of the Lord's Supper? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Okay. And we all, same the spirit, all drank the same spiritual drink. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. There's no life in you. Okay. Now, for they drank of that spiritual rock, that spiritual rock, and that followed them, and that rock was Christ. 
But praise God, you and I have drank not from the rock, but we have drank from the living Christ. Okay? Now, oh, that's a type. And we've all gone through that. But, verse 5, verse 5, but with many of them, except Midland, Christ Assembly. Isn't that in there? Oh, praise God. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, except Christian Assembly of Midland, because, praise God, for they were overthrown. Well, listen, I, I speak faith. Aren't you going to speak faith? Please, please with us. Amen. All right. But with many of them, he was not well pleased. Well, the Scripture says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the gospel preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed with what? Say it again. Are we fanatical about faith? Are you proud of it? Hallelujah. People want to talk about faith? That's all right with me. It seems like unbelief kept them in the wilderness, but faith gets you to the promised land. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Well, praise God. But God wasn't pleased with them, and the only thing that pleases God is faith. Okay. He was not pleased with them. But it can say in your life, now the butt stops right here. See, the butt stops right here. You can tack on to the end of that in your own life because this is an individual thing. But with John Doe, God was well pleased because when he came out, he walked by faith and entered the promise of God. He entered into his rest. But with this fellow over here, he didn't believe God. He didn't believe any. He was un- he could not be persuaded to act upon my word. And he's still wandering around in the wilderness, being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, just carried about, being deceived by all these here preachers that are preaching all this here garbage about the wilderness experience. And he's staying out there, and God's not pleased with that. God's not pleased for his people to stay in that wilderness. If he was, why'd they die out there? Let me say this to you, friend. If the wilderness experience is designed to perfect and to mature you so you can enter into a better place with God, you call having your carcasses into the fowls of the air a better place than God? No. No, a thousand times no. Check the book out. Those that were in that wilderness for that length of time didn't make it. And I mean to tell you, God wasn't pleased with them either. Okay. Now, we see number one. And, and really, I may get a little tough right here, but... You got to be. Amen? You got to be. We'll see. Now, see, now I'm going to share something with you. We t- I told you, fellas, just, just the Spirit of God through me told you, fellas, get up in the morning and start pretending like you're going to work. See? Now, J.N.L. goes and buys Crucible. See? And, uh, I mean, you didn't hear that? J.N.L. bought Crucible. And, uh, see? Because you probably got, got up and put on your alarm clock. As far as, I, as far as I know, J.N.L. bought Crucible. Amen. That's what they said on the news. My wife was watching the news. She said, well, John was telling me. Right, brother? And it went as far as they said that uh, they didn't say they didn't. didn't wouldn't say they wouldn't. But praise God, they did. I got inside information. Inside me. Inside the Bible. Praise God. You act on your faith. Praise God. Now, I'm not saying because you got up and set your alarm clock. I'm just, now, don't take me, you know. I'm just having a little bit of fun with you tonight. Praise God. Well, where are we at? Praise God. Now, number one, you saw His glory when you got saved. I mean, you saw His glory when you got saved. And you was just like Miriam, just shouting and a hooping and a hollering. And you saw his miracles in the wilderness. Every time one of those big bears came to just to try to, you know, destroy your life, you said, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, bear. And it went back into its own cave, you know, went back to sleep. And every time that lion roared, you know, along the path of your life, you said, in Jesus' name, you don't have a tooth in your mouth. And he just went back in his merry old way. And, I mean, you saw his miracles. And I praise God for His miracles. I praise God when people fall into the power. I praise God for seeing His glory. I praise God for seeing people get healed. But God doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to enter into His rest where we live and dwell in His presence, praise God, and enjoy the fullness of that inheritance, divine health. Not only being delivered, but walking in divine health. Okay. So, even though you saw the glory and His miracles, are you going to tempt Him? Like they did in the wilderness. You better not. Don't tempt God by saying that His word's not true. Don't provoke Him. Are you going to hearken to His voice? Those were the last two steps. They, they tempted Him, and they didn't hearken unto His voice in the wilderness. And because of it, they did not enter into the promised land. They got exactly what they said. Now, how to enter in? Praise God, we finally made it. Galatians 3. Let's go to Galatians 3. 
The Bible says, come to the land, possess the land, dwell in the land. This will answer your question as to why is it that it seems like it's taking so long for people to get from their deliverance into a place in God where they can enjoy the fullness of their inheritance. Why does it seem like we're, uh, we're going in the wilderness and we're getting attacked, but we're getting healed, we're getting attacked, but we're getting delivered, we're getting attacked, but we're getting delivered. Why is it that it seems like we can't get above and just get to a place of riding high above? Well, I, I personally think because it's been a lack of teaching. I, I really do. And really lack of diligence in the individual's life. I mean, you know, let's face it. I think uh, sometimes we get to a place of satis being satisfied. And people get, well, I'm glad that I know how God heals now. Praise God, He can heal me anytime I get attacked with anything, I can get healed. And instead of being diligent enough to stay on top of it all, we're just like on the defensive all the time. We're sitting back, and as soon as it comes, then we're going to, you know, try to blow it out by our faith. And then you don't stay on, on a high. You don't stay with the Word enough. You don't stay diligent enough in the Word of God. You don't keep yourself in, in this place of dwelling in His presence. And consequently, we become subject to the elements that are around us. Well, let's begin with number one. I think this is going to give you a clear-cut understanding as to how we can enter into this fullness and possess it and dwell in it until Jesus comes. Now, number one, you have to come to the land. Well, we know that we've been born again. We've come to Jesus, yes. But we've got to learn. We've got to come and learn. We have to learn of Him. Now, if I took a poll... And this is, this is sad, but I've got to give you facts. If I took a poll in Christendom and I says, how many of you have been redeemed? Well, probably all would say yes. But if I says, what have you been redeemed from? You, you see a lot of, uh, 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 well, you know, uh, sin and, and, you know, death and, 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 uh, and, but, you know, a lot of people don't understand what they've been redeemed from. Or even know what they've been redeemed from. That's a lack of knowledge. And people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you've been redeemed from something, you need to know what you've been redeemed from. If you don't know what Jesus redeemed you from, then you're not, you're not going to learn of Him. And if you don't learn of Him, you're not going to enter the promised land. Okay? Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from. From. From what? From the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That we might, that we might. Now listen, you need to, you need to know that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And then when a person learns that, then we know what the curse of the law is. Well, it's threefold. It's poverty, sickness, and death. Poverty, sickness, and death. If I've been redeemed from that, now rightfully everybody in the earth has fallen short of the glory of God. Rightfully everybody's sinned. And everybody really should be under the curse. But praise God. Now I mean this to tell you with all my heart. Everybody in this world could be and should be underneath this curse, this cursed curse that came upon the earth when Adam sinned. But the only ones that are not, that don't have to be under it are those that have been redeemed by the blood. We've been redeemed from the curse and the law. Poverty, sickness, and death. Because Jesus was made a curse for us. Now, we've got to learn about all that. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to take time to do that. Because I don't have time to do that. I've only got a few more minutes on this tape. <laughs> it's going to take a long time to do that. But you need to know that. You, if I've been redeemed from something, then there's no way God could warrant it in my life. There's no way. If I've been redeemed from sickness, then God doesn't want me to have any. Because it, it was an awesome price that was paid that I'd be redeemed from it. If I've been redeemed from death, God don't want me to die spiritually because He paid an awesome price for it. And if I've been redeemed from poverty, I can't take two and not the other one. He doesn't want me to be, you know, in poverty stricken. He doesn't want me to be poor. Amen? These are facts that we have to learn. And just because you've learned it doesn't mean you've possessed it. You've got to learn of it and then you've got to possess it and then dwell in it. There's so many subjects of the Bible, how are we going to teach them all? But we're, going to te we're teaching this basic teaching here so we can all grasp it. Okay. You've got to learn that Jesus be has become your righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He hath made Him to be sin for us. He learned of me. He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You need to do an in-depth study on righteousness and find out what it means that you are righteous. Not trying to be, not hoping to be, but you are. 
Okay? You need to learn. Matthew 8, 17. Himself took your infirmities, bare sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bare our sins and his own body on the sea that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness with his stripes. We were, were healed. Were healed. If we were healed, then we are healed. Bless God. Amen? Okay. Now, don't be overthrown in the wilderness of tradition, sense knowledge, doctrines that try to dictate to us that, yes, that was only for the Jews. Yes, that was only for this time. Yes, God did it, but He, didn't, he doesn't mean it for you. All of these things are just out there in the wilderness endeavoring to cause us to go to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. People have this idea that God is just going to show His glory every time you just sit around. I'm going to tell you something, my friend. I've been walking by faith for six years. And if I ever let up, I know it. This walk is... You're not going to be walking with that visible cloud. I mean, it's there. It's there. It's greater is He that's in you. The power and the glory of God. God wants you to get to a place that I don't have. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.